Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Blackfoot Communications is actively supporting the communities we serve across Montana and Idaho. We are installing hundreds of miles of fiber in our service territories, increasing the broadband experience in our rural communities. We are delivering remote workforce solutions for our business communities. We are creating new, innovative solutions for our local entrepreneurs and enterprise organizations. Learn how your company can benefit. Call today at 541-5000 or go to blackfootbusiness.com. Blackfoot Communications Connect to more. For Western Montana, KKVU HD3 Stevensville and 102.9 FM on K275BS Missoula. It's time for Montana's only daily sports talk show. Nuanez Now. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. I like football! They say time flies when you're having fun. <laughs> that is no doubt true, especially for me and us here at ESPN Radio the last six weeks. My gosh, it's so good to be back covering live sporting events, being able to do in-person interviews. I just had the best time ever down in Salt Lake City slash Ogden, Utah, uh, the epicenter for Big Sky Conference Sports, and it was it was so fun. So we will uh, recap that whole trip, including our remote broadcast from Missoula all the way to Ogden. We made multiple stops and broadcasted from multiple areas, and it was a heck of a lot of fun and also very impressive uh, engineering marvel. We'll do everything from that to full recaps of both the Big Sky Conference Outdoor Track and Field Championships, as well as the Big Sky Conference Softball Tournaments here on Nuanas Now. Nuanas Now is your one-stop shop for all things sports pop culture every single day right here on 1029 ESPN as well as statewide television SWX Montana TV. You want to get hip? You want to get virtual with it? Go online. Go to our YouTube channel. N-U-A-N-E-Z. Just type that in. Boom. Take you right there. Please subscribe. Building up that subscriptions. Tommy's got some cool graphics, some cool tickers, all sorts of sweet stuff. So you want to enhance your viewing and or listening experience. 
do it. It's also a great way to stream from your phone as well, or you can just go to our station website and stream as well, 1029ESPN.com. Click on the Listen Live tab, and you will find the stream. You want to give us a call, shoot us a text. I love the text thing because sometimes then we can save the text for days. And last Friday, Regime Seabrook and I did a, a segment on a text that was sent way earlier on in the week. So send them in. We'll get to them when we can. It might take a few days, but you never know. You might actually get a full radio segment out of it. And that means you're part of the, you're, you're a producer on Nuanas now. So that's pretty cool. 361 3688. That's 361 3688. Just give me one sec here. I got to close these blinds. I don't know if I can reach. Oh, I can reach. How about that? That's the wrong side, though. Hold on one sec. If you break those or knock them down, I'm coming in there and we're going to swing fists. <laughs> you have no idea how hard the stupid oh. blinds were. We built a whole radio station, dude. Five studios. What still gives me nightmares? The blinds. <laughs> I, I hate those things, man. Hate them. The best part about Tommy on the radio is that Tommy has the greatest radio voice of anybody in the state of Montana. And it also just completely defies... Uh, what I'm sure that everybody has a different image in your mind's eye of what we all look like. Probably not as much me since I'm like out in the public more and we're on TV and stuff. Well, you can't miss you. Well, right. I have the most large giant head of all time. <laughs> Speaking of that, we got these new ESPN Montana hats. We have no idea what we're going to do with them. Besides, give them to some of our great loyal listeners and, and maybe some of our awesome guest hosts. But they're just fresh out the package. Super great. If anybody doesn't believe me that I have a giant head, watch this. Yeah, it's only halfway on. Look at that thing. I came from my headphones over it. So that means we have an extra because I'm not going to wear one of these. We're going to give them all to all you great people out there. So stay tuned. We'll figure out how to distribute those around the uh, the great state of Montana, particularly in western Montana here at ESPN Missoula. Regardless, give us a call. Shoot us a text, 406-361-3688. All guests join us via the Rangish Brothers RV phone line. All sorts of stuff to get to today. We have, count them up, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine Montana State athletes, Montana and Montana State athletes joining us in this first segment. It's going to be, uh, they're all pretty much quick hitting interviews here. Um, so this, these are not like exhaustive. These are just like two minutes. Caught them on the track right afterwards. But it was an outstanding weekend in Ogden, Utah, so we'll get to all that. We're going to hear from Tanessa Morris, Brent Yankee, and Kate Johnstone from the University of Montana. We're also going to hear from Derek Carter, Elena Carter, excuse me, Derek, um, we're going to hear from um, Derek Carter's not his last name. I put the name wrong on the outline. I'm just killing it today with my blinds and everything. Derek Olson, excuse me, champion hurdler from Montana State. Elena Carter, Damian Nelson, and Drake Schneider from Montana State as well. So we'll t- talk to all those track and field athletes. Then my brother Brooks Nuana is going to stop by, talk about all things uh, NBA and NBA playoffs. Top of the hour, Sam Herder, Hero Sports, is going to swing on by. He was live and in person covering the FCS National Championship game on Sunday. Sort of got overshadowed, which is random. Usually things don't get overshadowed when it comes to football, but it was overshadowed by a lot of different things. So Sam Houston State, the FCS National Champion of the spring season. What does it mean? It's their first national championship ever. How how cool is it? How valid is it? I mean, it's definitely valid, but how will it uh, resonate around the rest of the country? We'll talk with Sam from Hero Sports about that as well. And then we're also going to do a little catch-up here. Good friend Carolyn. The chick who doesn't know sports is going to swing on by as well. Give you an update on youth sports throughout the Missoula community, as well as talk about officials in youth sports. And, of course, Tom Brady, Derek Jeter, all of the the big-time 
names that Carolyn, they grace the pages of People Magazine and TMZ that Carolyn actually is an expert on, just not because of their sports affiliation, more because of their celebrity. Before we get into this track stuff, I got to say, it's a very thoughtful and awesome gift. Our office manager, Liz, is from Blacksburg, Virginia, and her father, Hamid, owns a sandwich shop on the Virginia Tech campus, owned it for decades. He has uh, served and uh, given food to the Virginia Tech football team, specifically, but the athletic department, a lot. I mean, you know how it goes. Local business gives all the football teams some sandwiches on the ride. It's part of a trade for advertising, whatever. He's been on campus. He knows a lot of the football players and coaches really well. Frank Beamer was the head coach of Virginia Tech for almost 20 years. Frank Beamer is an institution in Blacksburg, Virginia. He is also one of the legendary coaches in the history of college football and always one of my favorite guys in the business. Now, if you're watching on TV, you see I have this book. It's called Let Me Be Frank, My Life at Virginia Tech by Frank Beamer. This in itself is a very nice gift. I love my sports books. As you see, if you can see over here, I have my whole library of sports books that I keep here in the ESPN studio. But this is even cooler if you're watching on TV or if you listen on the radio, you can see or you can hear. This is signed personally to me by Coach Beamer. So what a thoughtful gift. Thanks to Liz and Hamid and Don. You guys are all lovely, and that's a very thoughtful gift, and I really appreciate it. Can't wait wait to read the book, and please pass along my well wishes to Coach Beamer as well. Nuana is now 102.9 ESPN Missoula. I was in Ogden, Utah for the Big Sky Conference Track and Field Outdoor Championships. We have all sorts of sound from those championships. So let's get to it. First, we're going to start with Tanessa Morris. She's a junior thrower for the Grizz track team. She threw 199 feet even to win the uh, women's hammer throw by more than 21 feet. The first of three Big Sky champions for the Grizz track team, Tanessa Morris. So congratulations. Thank you. On your win. So, t- I mean, take me, take me through it. Mean, what did you think? What were you thinking coming into this? And how, how did it go kind of compared to how you expected? Well, like, the big thing was keeping the composure. I tried to think of this as a regular track meet instead of having... It's just a regular track meet with a big word on the end. Right. It means nothing, the word championship, really, until until it's over. <laughs> was it interesting being around a bunch of throwers you hadn't thrown against before? It was. It's a, it's a new dynamic when you see new people and the field is so much bigger than you're used to. Like, waiting for 15 girls, that adds a whole new element to the event. <laughs> is it weird being out here, too? Because, I mean, this is sort of not attached to the track, right? So, this is like kind of two track meets going on at once. So, was that interesting? It is, for sure. Like, we were trying to strategize this morning how everyone's going to come right. watch everything. Right, totally. <laughs> oh, and it wasn't just to ask, just exactly what you... Uh, your, your normal operation, or did you change anything coming into this meet, or was it just basically what you've been doing all season? I think the big thing this time was just fine-tuning some things, throwing the ball in a little harder on the first one, getting back a little harder against it, and hitting a release. And <laughs> didn't want to change too much the week before. <laughs> uh, yeah, you got to love it. Well, Big Sky Conference champion, how's that sound? I'm really excited. <laughs> Ten points for the team. I like that. <laughs> that was my very next question, because you guys are off to this great start now, because you talk yeah. about four in the top seven in the heptathlon, and now first event of the full Friday slate. So, um, I mean, was that in the back of your mind, scoring points for your team as well? Yeah, it was for sure. After seeing the heptathletes do so well, that really motivated everyone to do better. <laughs> Last question, then, what's the plan for you now? Because, I mean, you're done. So now you're kind of like the biggest Montana fan in the stands, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'm going to try and be the loudest one in the stands cheering everyone on, and I've got nothing but time to watch now. So. Tanessa Morris, the first of three Big Sky Conference champions at the Outdoor Track and Field Championships. You listen to 102.9 ESPN Missoula, Big Sky Conference Track and Field coverage. Noah Martin 
will join us next. Actually, I don't see my Noah Martin sound. I might not have gotten this one queued up. That's okay. I'll go find it real quick. In the meantime, we'll hear from a uh, outstanding Montana State runner, Elena Carter. She's a hurdler at a Helena Capital, Montana. Her dad, Lee Carter, played football for the Bobcats, and then he's been a longtime Helena Capital coach, coached a lot of the great players that have gone to both Montana and Montana State. Elena Carter, only a sophomore, but she helped Montana State to a fourth-place finish in a blazing fast 4x100-meter relay race. She also got second in a big upset, actually, uh, in the uh, the 100-meter hurdles. She was like the fourth seed, so it's not that crazy, but she beat a couple of her teammates that are both seniors as well. So, Elena Carter, an outstanding weekend for the Bobcats. First of all, tell me about the relay, though. Were you thinking about the relay before you got uh, into the hurdles, or how do, you, how do you kind of erase that? I was really excited for the relay. We were all, I just wanted everyone to do good, and we did pretty good. We PR'd. Right. Um, and I got to the hurdles, and I just needed to focus because... <laughs> I was so hyped up that I was kind of scared that it wasn't going to go how I wanted it to, but it turned out okay, I guess. So when you're sitting in the blocks, what's going through your mind? Because it seemed like everybody was a little tense at the start. Yeah. Um, when I was in the blocks, I was thinking, like, just have a good start. Like, that's all you need is a good start. Because I had a really good start yesterday, but sometimes I'm a little iffy coming out of the blocks. So that's all I was thinking. What went well? I mean, it seemed like from the middle of the race on, you just kept getting stronger. Um, I don't know. I just, I feel, well, my coach said I just, like, finally started putting everything together. Both of these races were my only two races that are weird win legal under 14 so far right. so i think everything just clicked this meet for some weird reason the, the the peaking at the right time in track is always so important but the fact that there hasn't been an outdoor championship in like two years this is like years of work to peak right so how do you not let that get in your head though like you don't want to waste all this training right but it seems like everybody it seems like everybody's going so low i mean all these marks are incredible yeah um i don't know i think everyone just had like keep their heads down and like get through COVID. It was just such a long two years. It was brutal for everyone. So it's really insane to see everyone come out and just do so well. Yeah. <laughs> time to be a silver medalist now. Is this your, so- your sophomore or your junior outdoor season? Oh, this is my sophomore outdoor season. Okay, so I mean, silver medals as a sophomore, that's got to feel yeah, pretty good. Yeah, I'm pretty excited. I, I don't know, I was just excited to come here and run good. I guess I was really nervous. Yeah, <laughs> A lot of pent-up energy for a lot of these athletes. It's been two years since the Big Sky Conference had an outdoor track and field championship. The last one, 2019, here in Missoula. So all these athletes either were making their conference debuts, even though they've been in college for two to three years, or they haven't competed in two to three years, and they're trying to go out on top. So that was a primary storyline, including this young man, Brent Yankee. He is a thrower for the University of Montana track team. He took fifth in the shot put, and he took second in the disc. So he scored quite a few points for the University of Montana. Here's Brett Yankee, senior thrower for the Grizz track team. Take me through it. I mean, this is the first time I've had a meet like this in a long time. So, I mean, do you feel like hitting with some of these NAU guys and stuff sort of helped rise your, your level here? Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, it's a great, great competition all around. You know, you have, whether they're great in discus or great in shot put or hammer, we have amazing athletes out here, and they're all capable of popping off at any moment. So it was, you know, a good day. I uh, struggled on their first two, and I was feeling it in the back of my throat. I was a little scared, but then uh, after I got that third one in and marked it in the finals, I definitely calmed down a little bit and was able to get one out there, so that was nice, but it's definitely, it can be intimidating, you know, I'm definitely one of the smallest guys out here, yeah, so it is what it is, but it was it was a good day. What did you think of just this whole facility and stuff like that? I mean, I know you were here yesterday, too, so did it take a little bit to get sort of acclimated to it, or I mean, what did you think? Um, You know, it's a little different with the energy. Yeah. I've never, we don't compete very often in places that are away from the track. Totally. So that's kind of, that's kind of different, but when... 
you're out here, you know, it's still nice because I got my group of throwers sure, and sure. they're the best I could ever ask for, you know. It's the best group of throwers I could ever ask for, like I said. So it really helps get you going, get you hyped up and ready to throw far. So, you know, we had a, we had a really good weekend as a team and that was all I could ask for as someone on the, that's a little older, you know. The peaking as a team part is such an interesting part of this mm -hmm. thing, too. I know, I mean, I've talked to Holly about it, I've talked to Tomaso about it, so... Um, Collectively, it seemed like you guys were a lot more at ease, though, as a throwing core coming into this game. Why is that? So, there's definitely a culture that's been instilled this year in Montana throws. Um, something I've never seen before in my four years, and it's just so exciting to be a part of. Um, we renamed ourselves the Hog Squad. I don't really know what that means. I saw the shirts. But, yeah, no, so that's our squad. And, you know, we take care of each other, and we boost each other, and we build each other up, and that's how we're going to just get better and better every single year. This program's on its way up. I, I'm trying to come back for another year to be a part of it and I just I love to be a part of it so I'm hoping that I get to continue to do that you know Brent Yankee University of Montana senior thrower he was announced as a podium finisher while we were doing the interview so that was pretty cool hearing his teammates cheer for him and seeing just the reaction of authenticity on his face uh, super cool and it's super cool to be there for the, when these guys have these awesome performances really solidify cool marks Nuana is now 1029 ESPN Missoula, SWX Montana Television. Maybe you're watching it on YouTube. Maybe you're watching it on the live stream, whatever it is. We appreciate you being here. We appreciate you spending some time with us on a Monday. I am Coulter Nuanez. Next up, we're here from Derek Olson. He's a this is actually a great story. This kid's from Helena, Montana. He went to Rocky Mountain College to play football. Because that's an NAI school, it doesn't start your NCAA collegiate eligibility. So he played football at Rocky for two years. Then he took a year off. Then he decided he was going to participate in sports. He transfers to Montana State and joins the track team. Well, now, as a freshman back in 2019, he sort of took the conference by storm, finished third in the 110 high hurdles. And then this week, he really, really peaked. He shattered the school record at Montana State. He ran 13-8-4 uh, in the 110 high hurdles to finish third. But this was the race of the men's side, at least in terms of the sprints. Parker Bowden annihilated the conference record 1358 if you're not a track person that is just smoking if you finish, if you follow Grizz football for example here here's where we're at Gabe Solser who's probably the fastest guy on the Grizz football team he's the one of the fastest hit hurdlers in the history of the state of Montana he almost broke the all class record at the class AA state uh, class AA meet a couple weekends or a couple years ago excuse me 14-4 is what he ran. So that means Parker Bowden would beat Gabe Solzer by almost a second. That's unbelievable. Derek Carter himself, though, under 14 seconds, is absolutely elite, and he will be a Western Regional uh, at least contender. Uh, maybe we'll get a bid to the West Regional meet, so we'll see how the rest of the conference championships across the country play out. But here's Derek Carter, a great, excuse me, Derek Olson, a great story uh, from Helena, Montana, now a runner at Montana State. It's been a minute since we've been here. That's exactly right. So we'll start there. I mean, it hasn't been outdoor championships for two years. So do you feel like, I, mean, I feel like everybody's blowing this thing out of the water. Oh, yeah. Do you think it's because everybody just is so eager to finally get back out here? I think so, man. I mean, she was sitting out a year. We were all so antsy to come into that season. And then it got taken away from us. It was kind of just like that taste in your mouth. Where you, you just you're like, you're ready to go. And then you get that whole extra year of training. So I think that whole extra year of training was definitely a big factor in everyone moving so fast today, these past two days, really. For you? What, what did you do in the extra year that, that you can't take advantage of to help yourself get better? Uh, you know, not a whole lot actually, because I had to sit out the whole indoor and half our first. Oh, right. Yeah, the half the outdoor season. Uh, no, we had some eligibility oh, issues. Okay. So, me not getting what I need to do in the classroom, but uh, 
We got back out about four or five weeks ago, and then we've just been putting in the work ever since. I mean, we were training all the way through, trying to get some time droppage, but yeah, I mean, it's definitely been a long time coming, man, so I was just excited to be out here and finally run against some competition and have a blast doing it. Is that your first time breaking 14 seconds? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, I guess my fastest time before that was 14 one eight. Yeah, so getting below that yesterday was a big-time PR for me, and then coming back and PRing again was shoot. Getting third, not where we wanted to finish, but you can't ask for more than that. Well, I mean, when the guy next to you runs the second fastest time in the history of the league, yeah. that pushes the heat along Exactly, good, right? for sure. I mean, it definitely gave me someone to chase, for sure. I was clipping all the hurdles, but it kept me in the zone, definitely, for sure. Super fun race, super fun watching people break records. That's why track's the best, man. Parker Bowden breaks the record. It's AccuTrack timed. It's on the scoreboard. He sees it. Just sinks into a pile of emotion. Tears. I mean, when you know exactly what you just did and you've been striving for that mark, and then to have it happen at the conference meet, so sweet. It's one of the sweetest things to cover. It's one of the sweetest things to watch. I'm telling you, if you ever have a chance to go to a Big Sky Conference or any form or fashion of a college conference track meet, Go. It is absolutely one of the most entertaining things you will watch. Nuana is now 1029 ESPN Missoula. We're back from Ogden and we're marching through a whole bunch of coverage of the Big Sky Conference Outdoor Track and Field Championships. Up next, Cade Johnstone. This was amazing too. I'm trying to give you a little bit of the backstories so it's not just the marks that you're thinking about. Cade Johnstone is from Forsyth, Montana, class B kid. He's a big, strong kid, man. I'm telling you, if I was Bobby Houck, I saw him in the weight room, I'd be saying, hey, Cade, during the fall, he should come over here and play a little football for us. Maybe play some defensive back, maybe some safety, because this kid can run, and he's put together. But you could tell he was nursing a little bit of a calf injury, and then he mentioned that to me a little bit before he ran. Then he goes out and runs the 400. He blows the doors off the thing. He PRs by more than two seconds, shatters the school record, and earns a, a spot atop the podium for the Montana Grizzlies. Cade Johnstone... The gold medals in the 400 meters and the silver medals in the 200 meters. So tell, tell me about that. Then. I mean, Class B competing on one of the biggest stages. Yeah, I mean, field, so how are you preparing yourself for this? Well, honestly, just our coach, Coach Reno, yeah, knows this stuff. We've been practicing year round. We didn't get it indoor, so we just he helped us make sure we stayed focused and kept our eyes on outdoor. Like it didn't matter. Right off the bat, if we're not hitting our times, like as long as we're hitting them in outdoor, that's all that matters. So. Seems like every other event, somebody's smashing a stadium record or breaking a PR or whatever. So do you feel like the fact that it has been an outdoor championship in two years, it's kind of some pent-up energy for all you athletes? Yeah, for sure. I've talked to so many people. It's been like, for me too, it's two years since I've raced outdoor. Like, just, we don't have any, like, indoor facilities. So just like training and training, like waiting on this moment. I got to see my brother do indoor. Last year I redshirted and just, like, I was ready to go by outdoor and then COVID happened, no outdoor. So I just been sitting, training. For this, so. Take me through that 400 meters. What'd you think? First of all, what'd you think of your start? Uh, I stood up pretty fast. Yeah, I, thought, I thought so too. I stood up pretty fast. I think I was just, just a little nervous. Like, I just, it seemed like everybody was kind of clunky yeah. to start, though. You could tell everybody was nervous. I knew everyone like was going to go out insanely hard, and everyone had that on their mind. Like, I heard so many people in the, in the stands, like, gotta get out hard. Like, I knew that was the theme. And then once we got over here to like, Right before 200, I was just like, man, like these guys are gone. I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to really lock it in and stay relaxed at the end because I think right here that's my best part of all my races. For so, sure. So I knew like once I was closing, in, I was like, I think I, I think I got this. Like even the last three steps, I was grinning because like I, I knew. I how, knew. How far did you, did you, did you wait to kick? I mean, was uh, it wasn't like did you wait to like the honestly, meters. Honestly, I or? feel like 
Yeah, over here, I definitely started over by yeah. 100, and then it took, Spencer's a hell of a good runner, and it, right. took, it took, like, so much. I mean, like, I knew, like, here, I was like, oh, boy, like, I'm not really closing, like, so I just had to, like, kick it in even more, and then I like, the last three steps, I, like, told my coach I started grinning, because, like, I knew, like, I, I was the most relaxed there, like, I knew, I knew I had it. No, you mentioned though the finish. I mean, it was awesome watching you because you could see it. You looked down your left eye, right eye, nobody on either side, and there's like three more strides. So when you saw the time hit the board though, right after you crossed, you must have been super pleased. Yeah, honestly, I just like went over to my trainer because I've been hurt. Like, I've had horrible luck with injuries. I like went over to him, ran over, and then I looked up at the time. Like, I was just happy to win. Then I looked at the time, I was like, no way. Like, I told my coach I wanted to run 46.9 and smash that. Like, so I, I was just stoked. Like, that best feeling I think I've had in my career for the 400, for sure. Well, then, I mean, it must feel great to say Kay Johnson, conference champion. I know. I've been working for that. And honestly, I think our team, the way everyone works, like all my teammates, my coaches, like they 100% deserve it. So I, I was doing it for more than just me and for my brother who's retiring right now. Like, I just wanted to get us the dub. Nuana is now 1029 ESPN Missoula. Kate Johnstone, a sprinter from the University of Montana. First place in the 400, second place in the 200. Outstanding effort by him. Northern Arizona won the team races in a complete landslide, as has become pretty much commonplace. That is the sixth outdoor title in the last 10 years for the NAU men, the third in the last four for the NAU women. They just keep getting better. It used to be all about the distance scores, and now it's all about everything. They just, I mean, the women scored like 220 points. They were just dominant in everything. So impressive effort by them. Well, the Montana State men, they took second, their highest finish in seven years. And it was because of a full effort from across the board, which began on Saturday with Noah Martin going seven foot plus in the high jump. You hit the 6'11 and three quarters, I guess 2.12 meters or whatever. Why don't you go for like 2.16 or something? Why do you go all the way up to like 2.23 or whatever you did? My personal best is like 7.3, so 221. Right. So I've always wanted to beat that. And I think we're, I was at about my sixth jump, I think, in the competition. And some sign, like smart guys say that's about when your peak jumps should be. Right, right. So I was just going to go for that. So I, you don't want to waste the juice. You yeah. want to have the juice yeah. to go for the top mark. And struggling with a little heel injury right now. Are you? Okay. Yeah, so just trying to ease the body going into uh, – regionals and potentially nationals did you know though that when you hit the the one that you did that that was gonna be the winner i had a good feeling i mean if i cleared it on my first he would have to clear it on his second or third so he'd have to clear 216 so another bar which i would have jumped there if he missed but so i had a good feeling that it would be you more than any i mean almost every athlete at this meet yet you've been at conference meets so often, right? I mean, you've been gunning for that podium for over and over five years now, so what were you thinking coming into this one? The fact that it was your last outdoor one. Yeah, I knew I had the... I've done the work. I just, you know, can't beat myself up. you got to just mentally just jump clear bars and make a height that, you know, would win, and it came down and I won. This is your first outdoor championship, right? Yeah. Because you've won indoor a couple times, yeah. but never won outdoor. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, is that kind of special for you the fact to add the outdoor since you i know you have a couple golds already but that must be cool to get the outdoor one yeah it's nice to get the outdoor one and outdoor has been a little weird with covid and everything no question and redshirted my junior year so it's been a long time coming to jump outdoors what'd you think of the redshirt year Cause I, I talked to duncan hamilton about that right and he said man you know on one hand you know sucked not having it but on the other hand like i got to train way more so i think i actually was way more ahead you know he said he didn't get yeah. as sick he's more healthy so i mean how did you kind of balance this last year i think training is good but then you miss the competition well so. for sure yeah and that's 
I think. As, you're, and in your sport too, like yeah, you as need a, the competition. As a high right? jumper, it's hard, like really hard to go without the competition. Noah Martin, outstanding high jumper from Montana State. Moving on through more track and field interviews from Nuanas now. Again, the Montana State men, second overall, their best finish since 2014. Part of that was because of this guy, Damian Nelson. This is also a great story. This guy's from Great Falls, Montana, Great Falls CMR. One of the hallowed records in Montana because it's so hard to set records in the state track meet only because you have to set them at state to have the timing be right. And because of this, the invariable uh, weather conditions in the spring in Montana, it's hard to get really good marks. The 100-meter record has been one that has been hallowed forever. Tough Harris had it for a while out of Colstrip, who then went on to be a great player for the Grizz and also played in the NFL. Then it was held for a brief moment in time from a guy from Haver, and then it was held for a long time by Chris Wilson. Outstanding runner from Great Falls CMR. Chris Wilson, initially out of high school, went and played football at Montana State. Then, last spring, two springs ago, I guess, Damian Nelson broke that record at Montana State. Or excuse me, at Great Falls CMR. The all-class 100-meter dash record. And then he went to go play football at Montana State Northern. Well, then he hurt his knee, and he returned to his first love, track and field. And in his first Big Sky Outdoor Championships... He took third in the 100 meters and second in the 200 meters, and he ran on the 4x400 meter relay to help Montana State earn second place as a team. Damian Nelson, Great Falls product, and Montana State Bobcat. You've run in a lot of meets before, but never in the Big Sky Outdoor Championship. So what was this one like compared to some of the ones you've done in high school? And stuff? Uh, it's been a while. Um, you know, obviously I played football for a year up in Northern, right. and so I uh, tore my ACL uh, that first year. So it's been a battle just getting back. So, you know, for the last two years, just recovering and trying to get back healthy. And, you know, this is my first, like, actual big meet since, you know, State of 20. 18 my uh, senior year, so you know, I felt pretty good to be back and feel that environment again. Take me through that because Montana all-class record holder in the 100 meters, and that's a pretty legendary record, one that has stood for a long time. So yeah. when you were making your decision, what made you want to go play football instead? Uh, that was just my first love. Yeah. And, you know, it's hard it to just, quit it, right? It's hard, yeah, once you start it, it's hard to stop. So um, figured I would give it a try, you know, enjoyed my games and my year there, and then you know, obviously turned my ACL, and then uh, it's just deciding if I wanted to go to the aches and pain again for like the rest of my four years or uh, kind of go to something that I can kind of manage and, you know, longer-term health, be a fine speed. And that you're so naturally good at, too. Yeah, right? yeah, something that I'm naturally, you know, able to do and uh, I'm really good at doing. So. You know the name Chris Wilson? Uh, yeah, I do. So my brother, my younger brother, he's the same age as Chris Wilson, so he ran in that 100-meter finals with Chris when he set the all-class record, yeah. which then I think he was actually eventually broke. But he had the similar story, man. He went to Montana State for a year, then he got hurt and then decided to come back to track, too. Yeah. Uh, interesting deal. Well, take me through what it was like getting prepared for this meet. I mean, how do you get yourself locked in um, mentally to get ready to run against the best in the league? Uh, it was honestly getting, it was the four by one, just getting those jitters out. Um, not going to 100 nervous. I mean, nervous, but not anxious or super antsy. Um, just kind of control those and being able to run that four by one. Um, was able to get all those out and kind of control myself getting was that something in the four by one though with the drop baton? Is that something you had to kind of put in the back of your mind to not think about it anymore? Uh, yeah, that's something you know, quick, quick mindset. You know, it's over, done with. You know, we'll move on and then deal with it when the next time comes. Uh, but uh, yeah, it was just something that happened. Uh, can't change it now, so it's just time to move forward and uh, start 
preparing for the next few races. When you're in the box, that's that's got to be one of the most nerve-wracking things, right? Right before the gun goes off, so what's yeah. going through your mind at the start? What would you think of your start? Uh, it was a bad start. Now this whole year, I've been trying to kind of get my start down. Um, just kind of trying to fill my ACL out and just hold this whole year and be my first year back on it and actually doing something on it was something new. So it was just mainly my start. I feel really just get my start down and then everything else to take care of itself. I'm pretty confident in. Uh, but that start it was all right. But uh, just going into it, just, you know, just run and then whatever happens, happens. Whatever chips fall, or, you know, you got to be all right with and then move on. Is it, is it weird running on the outside? Oh, uh, yeah. It's something I've never done in my high school career. And then this year, you know, done a few times. But, you know, to be in a final on the outside was, yeah. was kind of weird. Yeah, you used to be in the middle, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly in the middle. So that was kind of weird doing and getting used to. Well, last question then. I mean, from all you've been through, from the transition to back to track and the ACL and all that, all things considered, most people are pretty good to get on the podium your first outdoor meet. Oh, yeah. It's definitely a confident booster. Just, just proud of where, you know, how long the journey was and just where I'm able to, you know, end back on the podium just after two years of just grinding and trying to get back to healthy. It's, you know, it's something I couldn't ask for. So I'm proud of myself and I still got one more to go. So see how that goes. And... And one more was the 200 meters, and he really gutted it out to get on the podium in that as well. Damian Nelson, a Great Falls CMR product, and a Montana State Bobcat, helping the MSU men to a second-place finish in the team standings at the Big Sky Conference Outdoor Track and Field Championships. It's Nuanez now, 102.9 ESPN Missoula, SWX Montana Television. A little more track on the other side, plus Brooks Nuanez before the first hour is over. Talking all things NBA. Keep it right here, ESPN Missoula. After a long couple of months, it's finally feeling like we're getting back to business as usual. But it's not the usual at all. At Missoula's Wingate, we are, as always, committed to giving you a relaxing stay at a great value. But we're also balancing the new guidelines, like maximum pool occupancies and increased disinfecting, to protect your health with a never-ending pledge to make you feel at home when you're not. If you find yourself on the road in the Missoula area, please consider staying with us at Missoula's Wingate. What's up, Montana? Happy Monday. Thanks for spending some time with us here on 1029 ESPN Missoula. I'm Coulter Nuanez. This is Nuanez Now, your one-stop shop for all things sports across the great state of Montana each and every weekday from 4 to 6 right here on 102.9 ESPN Missoula as well as statewide television, SWX Montana TV. I just got back from Ogden, Utah. Uh, the meet didn't get done until about 7.45 at night on Saturday, so I tried to make it back to Missoula, but it wasn't happening. I'm getting old. I had to pull over and stay in Dillon because I was out of gas about 1.30 in the morning, I literally and figuratively. So by the time I pulled off for gas, I said, I got to just go find myself a little uh, little hotel and, uh, and figure this thing out. But either way, it was a great weekend in Ogden. The Montana State men finished second as a team. They had a total of five individual champions. Montana State women finished third as a team. An outstanding performance by Carly Von Heater in the javelin throw on the women's side. It was a PR and a school record and a really cool moment for her because it helped Montana State get onto the podium as a team as a third-place finisher. Carly Van Heater will join us tomorrow here on Nuanas Now after she had the throw of a lifetime. I mean, she broke her personal best by almost 20 feet. 
She set the school record. She's likely going to the NCAA regionals. She got herself a gold medal. From Plains, Montana. I got to love it. Class C all the way to the big time. And if you get a chance, if you have Twitter, go on Twitter. Find the MSU Bobcat track and field account and watch that throw. It's a, it's, a, it's pure human emotion. The way When she throws it and her reaction when she knows that she just popped the biggest throw of her life. Super cool, man. One of the best athletes I saw down in Ogden, Utah, there's no question about it, is Drake Schneider. This kid is a long hurdler from Montana State, 400-meter hurdler. He ran a time that was top 20 in the world. Not the Big Sky Conference, not college track, on the planet Earth earlier this year, and he replicated that time on Saturday. The 400-meter hurdles is one of the most fun races of the entire weekend. He ran 50.1. That's a Big Sky Conference all-time record, one of the fastest times in the country and the world this year, and he's only a junior. Three-time champion in the 400-meter hurdles, one of only three, count them, three Bobcats in the history of Bobcat track and field to earn a uh, third consecutive Big Sky championship in an individual event. Drake Snyder also was an outstanding performer in the men's 4x400-meter relay. Took the baton in fifth. He almost tracked down the Weber State guy. Montana State ended up getting second. But uh, what a performance by this guy. And he's special, man. He's going to be, I bet you Drake Schneider makes money running track someday. I bet you. Because he, he is that talented. Here's Drake Schneider from Montana State. First of all, let's talk about the relay. You're in what, like fifth, maybe sixth when you got the baton? Fifth, yeah. A little bit away, but you almost, you almost hocked him. So what's going through your mind while you're doing that? You kind of just emptied the tank? Uh, yeah, a little bit. I didn't want to get out too fast and try and make it all up you know just try and chip away at it over time and came down to the last 100 meters and he finished really strong and I finished strong so he definitely earned the win on that but I ran us back onto the podium so I can't be disappointed with where we ended up yeah I mean I think you guys are gonna finish second as a team so I know that was sort of the while so that was the goal coming in but how vindicating is that to get second it's nice uh we didn't leave very many points on the board this weekend a lot of our guys showed up uh when we needed them to and that's about all you can ask for. We had PRs all over the place on the sprint side, so we did our part. Distance kids and the jumps definitely did their part. And, you know, it's nice to do what you set out to do and not come underneath what your goal is. I saw you helping Damien get loose before the, the relay, but, I mean, what an addition for you guys, though, right? I mean, this kid should be running track, that he's playing football, then he gets hurt, and now he's, here he is and he's scoring a bunch of points, so must be a welcome addition to the team. Oh, we love Dame. Dame's a little goofball. He's definitely fast. <laughs> he's fast. We need his cast to be a little looser next time you're on the 4x4, but, no, he had a great meet. You know, he's having a rough time with finals and a little bit of family stuff coming into the meet, so he missed a little bit of time, but... Man, he pulled it together and put himself together one heck of a meet this weekend. What do you think of Duncan Hamilton? He kind of set the tone for you guys with that 3K, right? I can't believe what that kid can do. I mean, right? I mean, to PR in the steeple, come back 20 minutes later and PR in the mile, running against NAU and some of the top guys in the nation. I mean, I don't know what that guy's eating for breakfast, but it's got to be something special. I mean, it's unbelievable, right? Those The, the, the Thursday was like... 20 minutes apart. I couldn't even believe it. So how about your 400-meter hurdles? Obviously, you're the, the marked man in that one. Everybody's kind of going for it, but, I mean, you almost had it. You almost, I think you were like two-tenths away from the championship record, but still pretty good time. Yeah. Uh, you know, I had a good trials yesterday. Uh, I wanted to run a clean race because, you know, I was nervous to get to finals, to hurdle race. Anything can happen. So, then today, the plan was to run the same race, but finish it off. And I'm not too disappointed with being above 50. It was still 50.1, so 
doesn't acquaint with there. It's a solid mark going into regionals, and I've done it twice now, so it's a confidence booster that I can do it again when I need to. Do you feel like you have one step left to take this season? Yeah, so I haven't started my tapering quite yet. Okay. So I had a couple of workouts on Monday and Tuesday, so I think I got another step down I can take here and, you know, get in a race with some guys around me and... That doesn't necessarily help you because you got to focus on your own race, but it might down the last 100 meters. So I think there's one more step for me. Three in a row. I think that's, you're only the second Bobcat to ever do that. So how's that sound? Well, my uh, model coming the weekend was you can't do four if you don't do three. That's right. So it's super rewarding. Definitely it was on my mind, and I'm extremely relieved to have done it. Eight. Who is the all-NBA team? What is the most exciting playoff matchup in the NBA the next few nights. Brooks Nuanas will tell us next here on Nuanas Now. Sportsbet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sportsbet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. Sportsbet Montana is a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized Sportsbet Montana location or by using the Sportsbet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since Sportsbet Montana launched almost a year ago, and in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. Sportsbet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized Sportsbet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. Great love songs of all time. Tommy, does this mean you're coming around finally on one John Mayer? No, I just had to play this song just to, re- you know, remind all your listeners how god-awful this guy is. <laughs> he is a polarizing guy, especially us in Montana, but a very talented musician to be sure. Listen to Nuanez now, your one-stop shop for all things sports across the great state of Montana. We even talk a little music from time to time as well. It's 102.9 ESPN Missoula, SWX Montana TV. Well, now the Rangers Brothers RV phone line. Welcome in my best friend, as well as my brother and business partner, Brooks Duan at SkylineSportsMT.com. But we're not going to talk much about FCS stuff or Big Sky Conference stuff. More importantly, we're talking some NBA stuff. But first and foremost, Brooks, where are you at with John Mayer? I know you got a little bit more of a heart to you than maybe Tommy does. So where are you at with John Mayer? The great guitarist of his generation, which is my generation, so I think quite fondly of him. I've seen him several different times in the Livingston Bozeman area. Um, pretty tall guy. Most people who are that famous aren't that tall. <laughs> That's what people don't realize, right? Like Tom Cruise, Mark Wahlberg. These guys are making like Tommy Evans look tall, man. They're tiny. Yeah, they're they're five three. Uh, most people in the world are relatively not that tall. People <laughs> right. in Montana usually pretty tall, but yeah, famous people. Rock stars, Prince is five three. You know, yeah. I mean, they're just not that tall. John right. John Mayer's six three. Yep, that is that is really that, funny. Now, now you know. It's so it is actually really funny, especially when you grow up in Montana, because people here are really big. I mean, I'm six foot one ish. You're about six foot two and a half, and we're just only sort of on the low side of tall in Montana, especially with the friends we got, because most of us played sports throughout our lives. 
But man, you go other places and you're like, man, I'm huge. I'm, I'm like six, seven inches taller than everybody that I see around me. It's amazing. Um, Brooks, I know yesterday I was making my way back from Dillon, I guess by way of Ogden, and that you were watching the FCS, or at least kind of watching the FCS National Championship game. And it was a, a back and forth shootout that ended up with Sam Houston State winning their first ever FCS National Championship game, 23-21 over South Dakota State. Crazy that that was the exact same score as the national championship game for the Grizz team you played on back in 20, uh, 2009, 23-21. And it sounded like it was sort of this, a similar sort of back-and-forth game. So just give us a quick update. We got Sam Herter from Hero Sports who was there uh, over the weekend coming to join us here in about 15 minutes. But your impressions, I mean, what was the quality of football like and, and what sort of stake sort of do you put into the, the fact that Sam Houston State, they did climb the mountaintop. They, got, they won their first ever FCS national championship. Well, it was crazy because it was a monsoon through most of the first half, including a weather delay. I mean, it started off the first drive with South Dakota State's uh, senior quarterback tearing his ACL, which is, well, that's my um, opinion of it. That, I don't know if that injury news has come out. But tore his knee out, gone for the game. Uh, backup comes in, and it went from a Sam Houston fumble, lost fumble to a Sam Houston botched punt to a South Dropped State missed field goal due to a, a, a dropped snap, all because of rain. Um, I saw a 60-yard punt return touchdown get called back for Sam Houston State. There was a lot of crazy stuff, but in the second half, it really buckled down. Both defense, it's really impressive. Sam Houston is really nice up front on defense, as well as South Dakota State. Both could get pushes on the ball. Didn't allow a lot of rushing yards, even though there were some big plays for South Dakota State, especially a freshman Isaiah Davis, who had an 85-yard touchdown, as well as a one-yard touchdown. Um, Overall, the defensive was the defensive effort was impressive. Um, I'm happy for Sam Houston because they've been a, a perennial powerhouse in the FCS for a while. It also spreads the love a little bit. The Southland getting a title for the first time in who knows how long, um, and it gets the, the the endless title string of North Dakota State as well as the Missouri Valley uh, breaks that streak for the FCS a little bit. I think it's good for football overall. I'm happy to see Sam Houston do it. Brooks Nuana is joining us. Rangers Brothers RV phone line. Nuana is now doubling up the Nuana's now. All right, let's talk NBA. I've been on the road. I did the math. I think I've driven uh, something like, oh, 1,400, plus, about, about 2,500 miles over the last couple of weeks, which has been great for me because that's one of my favorite things to do. But I'm getting all the way caught up and then some on uh, the NBA because I, 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 it's kind of slow engaging in this season just because it was sort of bad basketball at the beginning because of coming out of the bubble so shortly. But now it's sort of evolved into a really great year. And now here we are. The regular season ended yesterday. And uh, we have this first scenario ever where we have these play-in games. So for those who haven't been paying attention, the top six teams in each conference make the playoffs. So in the East, that's the Philadelphia 76ers, the Brooklyn Nets, the Milwaukee Bucks, the New York Knicks, the Atlanta Hawks, and the Miami Heat. In the West, it's the Utah Jazz, the Phoenix Suns, the Denver Nuggets, the Los Angeles Clippers, the Dallas Mavericks, and the Portland Trailblazers, notably not the defending champion, Los Angeles Lakers. The teams that are playing in the play-in games include the Boston Celtics, Washington Wizards, the Indiana Pacers, and the Charlotte Hornets in the East, the Lakers, the Warriors, the Memphis Grizzlies, and the Spurs in the West. Your official schedule of all of this it will start tomorrow. I believe, Tommy, we can take at least some of these games, right? There, we'll, we'll keep you up to yep. date as far as the specifics, but I, we do have some of the, the rights to some of these games, right? Uh, yeah, we do. The only problems right now are uh, local programming, but we have uh, we have <laughs> full rights, baby. A.K.A. my show. Um, but we will uh, we'll have at least the later games, which is Washington at Boston and Golden State at L.A. Washington at Boston is tomorrow, 7 p.m., Golden State at L.A., 
tomorrow, uh, Wednesday, excuse me, 8 p.m. So let's start there, Brooks. I think that uh, the play-in is an intriguing element of this, but it's even more intriguing when you talk about the fourth and final playoff game. The NBA and NBA fans have to be very excited that you have the greatest team of the last 10 years and one of the greatest teams of all time in the Golden State Warriors, a reiteration of them to be sure with Klay Thompson still out, but Steph Curry's Golden State Warriors versus LeBron James and the defending champion Los Angeles Lakers. And a one-game game playoff, might as well call it, it's Game 7 because there's no way else you can look at it. Uh, I, can't, I can't imagine the ratings not being through the roof. Um, to the two biggest stars in the NBA, I don't even think it's close. In a fun play-in format, you know, I don't, I don't know what I think of the play-in format overall. I think it works this year in these kind of funky off-the-beaten-path COVID years. Sure. I think it is fun. I think it does work okay. Um, you worry about the seven seed one year having, you know, 52 wins and then losing one game and being out of the playoffs. Um, so there's, you know, there's some holes to it, but I think it's overall pretty fun. And I look forward to that game. I mean, gosh, LeBron James back, uh, apparently healthy. Anthony Davis played really well the last three or four games. And Steph Curry, I mean, the man, the myth, the legend, uh, throwing down, winning the NBA scoring title, uh, secured that yesterday with a 46-point performance where he shot 22 threes. Wow. Uh, just impressive. He's he is guaranteed. Yesterday, Steph shot. He needed four points to win the scoring title. He came out and shot 38 times, including 22 threes. Um, Steph's going to go down in a blaze of glory either way. He's going to put shots up. And, you know, going into a game with a one-game, Game game 7 style scenario, who else would you want to watch than than Stephen Curry? Give the people what they want. Keep jacking, Steph. The final numbers for his regular season are just, they are outstanding. He wins the scoring title, 32 points per game. He also shoots 49.2% from the floor, 42.1% from three, and 91.2% from the free throw line. So he doesn't quite get into that vaunted 50-40-90 club, but he almost does. And, I mean, dude, if you're shooting six threes a game, or excuse me, you're you're shooting like close to 13 threes a game, you're making five and a half threes a game. It's uncharted territory, man. It's, it's unprecedented. It's completely uh, record-setting. So then let's talk about all-NBA teams, Brooks. This will be released a little later on this week. First and foremost, are you on the Nikolai Jokic bandwagon? Is, is Jokic the NBA MVP? Well, yeah, he is. I mean, unfortunately for Steph, Steph is, I think, the most valuable player for any team that is remaining. Um, I think that's pretty clear as sure. you just laid out the statistics. Steph shot for the third time in his career 800 threes. And in a shortened 65-game schedule, if they played the full 82, he was on pace to make the most threes in NBA history. His record of 402 would have likely been broken considering that he's hitting six a game and he hit 363s this year. Um, but I am on the Nikola Jokic train. Um, he is the most versatile player in the NBA. Um, maybe not defensively, though he can get more done than he ever has been able to. Offensively, he is beyond the Joker. He is. He has. He gets in his bag at every level. He can score from the elbow, from 26, from 30. He can put it on the deck. He can get you down low and boy ball you. He makes the best passes in the NBA right now. I think that it's not even close. He is the most creative playmaker in the NBA. Uh, he looks forward to the double team because he doesn't make the wrong decision. And if you single him, he's just going to beat you up. Uh, Nikola Jokic, I think, is definitely the 2021 NBA MVP. So when it comes to the All-NBA teams, then, there's kind of two camps of thought how this goes. Do you just throw the best players on the teams and let the positions take care of themselves? Or do you stratify the players a little bit by saying there's a center, two forwards, and two guards? Or do you do All-NBA teams, point guard, shooting guard, small forward, power forward, center? How do you? What, what is your thought on the way that the uh, dignitaries should vote? 
I've always I've always liked it. I'm a pretty traditional fan as far as I like things that stay the same just because you can then talk about generational sure. um, comparisons. So in theory, I've always liked the center, two forwards, two guards, but recently they've come out and said that the center position will now be going away. It's going to be three forwards and two guards. I don't think it needs to be specific. I also think that voting-wise, if you need to bend some rules and call Jimmy Butler a guard or a forward, Paul George a guard or a forward, I think that for voting purposes, being named the the uh, top 10 player, if that is the true case, if you really are a top 10 player, I don't think that there should be restraints that hold back from that. So for me personally, I'm just fine with either two forwards and three guards because that swing position, the Kawhi Leonard, the Paul George, the Jimmy Butler, those guys all bring the play on ball. Those guys all can bring the ball up. Those all, guys all guard other guards. So I'm fine with them being kind of a swing position there. So two forwards, three guards is kind of how I look at it. If you had to be three forwards, two guards, I'm just fine with that as well. That's where it gets interesting this year then because Nikolai Jokic is going to be a center. He's going to be the MVP likely, and he's going to be for sure the first-team All-League center. If you're stratifying it with there needs to be a center on the team, then that means Joel Embiid is likely going to finish number two in the MVP voting and also is going to be a second-team All-NBA selection despite the fact that he led the Philadelphia 76ers to the best record in the NBA and uh, he's a runner-up for MVP. So, I mean, is that kind of how you see it, that it's it's Jokic on one and, and Embiid on team two? Absolutely. Yeah, I think Embiid's on team two. This year, it's, it's really important to remember just how many games were played. And how many uh, games so if you missed, start, right? If you start missing games, you know, the Joker's played every single game. So I think that is not only a nod to his camp, but it's almost a guarantee um, at this point to win MVP. Just due to the, the statistics are out of control. I mean, I'm not going to go over each and every in-depth. If you haven't really looked at them, out of control. There's only been two seasons that have ever been like Nikola Jokic's season this year. And one of those seasons, actually, there's been three seasons. Two of them are had by Larry Bird. <laughs> no one has ever gone 26, 11, and 9. It just doesn't happen. Like you think that LeBron has no. LeBron goes twenty six nine and nine. Right. And those two rebounds, sure, it sounds like maybe a little bit less. That is a hundred and seventy five more rebounds than someone over a full season. It's a ton. So the stats are unbelievable. But Embiid's only played fifty one games. I think it plays huge. I think that there's no knock to saying that you're the second best center in the league. Um, I don't know if he'll finish second in MVP voting. I get what what you're getting at, and I agree that might be how I vote it too. I'm not sure how that the next you know. Two through five looks like, but I know who I have on my ba- who I'd have on my ballot. I'm not sure if Embiid finishes there just due to this games. Brooks Nuanas here on Nuanas now breaking down the NBA on 1029 ESPN Missoula All NBA teams and MVP votes. Okay, so then we agree then that guys like LeBron James, Donovan Mitchell, um, and Kyrie Irving probably all had borderline, if not surefire, All NBA resumes, but they all missed too many games to be on their te- on the teams, right? Yeah, you know, I think that they, you just named the three guys that are probably right on the cut line for third team. I'd have a, you know, I, if LeBron ends up being third team, which I would, that's how I'd vote it. Me too. Because I thought when he played, I, I don't know, 46 games this year, I thought he was the best player in the NBA. So the for me, I would still put Le, I, I would still put LeBron on third team, but if you didn't have him on there, it would be hard to argue against So yeah, I think you and I are both going to be chalk in terms of Steph Curry's on the first team, Jokic is on the first team. Giannis is on the first team for sure, right? Yes, Luka Doncic. Yes, and then who's your who's your fifth first team guy then? Because this is where it gets interesting. Because you could make a case for a Kawhi Leonard, you could make a case for a Chris Paul, or you can make a case for who I got, and that's Damian Lillard. 
I got Dame as well. I think that it's real close between Dame and CP. Um, I think that CJ McCollum missed 25 games this year. I mean, Dame, Dame is that dude. I mean, Dame is the most clutch player in the NBA. Dame is the most efficient scorer from outside of outside Steph Curry in the entire league as far as his shooting splits, how he gets to the free throw line, his ability to make big shots, and he does so much more with less. I mean, those Blazers teams, I mean, that, I'm not going to knock them and say that they're not great, but you have Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton and a couple different swing guys and, and Cam Johnson, and the Suns are still kind of winning some games. I don't know what Portland's doing with, with C.J. McCollum out for 25 games and no Dame. I mean, I think Dame is an MVP candidate year in, year out, especially this year. So Dame is in my fifth spot, and it's tough because I think Chris Paul deserves it. Uh, but Dame averaged 20, 28 and a half. You know, Chris Paul averaged 16. Right. I'm not saying that points that matter like that, but uh, Chris Paul's 16 and 9 is a, a wonderful season. The only guy to ever do that in his, in his 15th season, let alone his 16th season, let alone, his, I believe, now his 17th season, the only guy to ever average 16 and 9. Uh, I still have Dame. I mean, you can't, it's just too. It, his performances in late-game situations, and he wins games by himself. Uh, Dame's my fifth guy there. It's going to be fascinating, too, because Chris Paul's definitely going to get some MVP love. Solo Embiid, but those guys are probably both on the second team. I got Kawhi on my second team, too. I bet you do as well. So the other two on the second team that are sort of the flex spots are Paul George and Jimmy Butler or Julius Randle and Jason Tatum. Those are kind of the candidates for that second team. Or maybe Bradley Beal if you want to throw him on there, but I think Beal's probably a third-team guy, along with Devin Booker and Rudy Gobert, and then you can fill in the rest of that third team. But between Jimmy Butler, Paul George, Jason Tatum, and Julius Randle, pick two. Julius Randle and Jimmy Butler. I don't even think it's close. I don't want anything to do with Jason Tatum. He's on my he's on my seventh team. Uh, one of the worst teams in the NBA. I, I can't not stand watching this. Why? What happened to them, dude? It's uh, it's uh, Brad Stevens lost that to you. Yeah, they're they, terrible they to watch. Uh, they they don't try. They I heard a stat that they've been down by twenty fourteen different times this year. Most of the uh, NBA, it, it's a brutal team. It's inexcusable. They have a lot of. I mean, the roster. I think Danny Ainge's time is short there. The roster is pretty bad. I mean, outside the two top guys, I mean, the roster really starts to, to struggle. And also, they, they they suffer from something that, that the Blazers have not suffered from, but it, it's kind of addition by subtraction, when you have your two best players are literally the two same players. Like, C.J. McCollum and Dame Lillard are the same. It's like, sure, they get to a little bit different spot. C.J. has that nice little pull-up mid-range game. It's a little different, but Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are trying to get the same shots. It doesn't work, and I think they'll ride with Tatum. It's hard to get rid of both, because I think that Jalen Brown is, is, a, is, a, is a transcending, next-level style player. He's going to be a top-20 player in the, in the NBA. Uh, but I don't want anything to do with Jason Tatum. Well, for me, uh, Julius Randle is an MVP candidate. I would vote Julius Randle third or fourth. I mean, come on now. The New York Knicks and that team, right. I mean, Derrick Rose coming off the bench. Like, I mean, come on now. Like, let's get real. They're the fourth seed. They haven't made the playoffs in eight years. <laughs> let them get the fourth seed. Julius Randle's going 26, 11, and 8 on people. I mean, he's having Joker-style stats. He's a beast, man. So I got I got Randle. I think Jimmy Butler's one of the most diverse players. I, I get the Paul George argument there, but Jimmy Butler gets it done on both ends of the court, and he makes people better. Yep. You know, that's what you want out of these top, these, these, these next-level stars. Paul George does not make his teammates better. Jason Tatum doesn't make his teammates better. Jimmy Butler makes every team he is on better. Yep. Uh, so I have Jimmy and, and Randle run on that second team. All NBA Talk with Brooks Nuanas on Nuanas now. We'll give you some more playoff talk maybe later on this week or early next week. But either way, Brooks, you're the man, best in the business. Thanks so much for taking some time out of your day and swinging on by. And uh, we will certainly see you soon. But in the meantime, be well. Everybody, vote for Julius Randle. I know that there's only about 150 votes out there. If you got one, Julius Randle for MVP, man. Thanks for having me.
Nuwana is now 1029 ESPN Missoula. Hour one of the books, hour two, Sam Herger, Hero Sports, recapping the SCS National Championship game. And Carolyn, the chick who doesn't know sports, swinging by to talk about Derek Jeter kicking Tom Brady out of his own house. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia. When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 